Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Forget your family around the holiday season. There's a ton of toxicity in sports as well. Stone Labanowitz hit the open. Just like you would expect, the fire hose is fully inserted in my mouth here, and uh, we've been blowing and going, and so... Ken Lavica. Get a run in, make an early cocktail, put a gummy in half. Theo Dorsey. Very excited to have the opportunity to add him to the team. Stone Labanowitz. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios. It's LaVica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. I didn't know when right before Thanksgiving we were talking about uh, talking to Broncos All-Pro Safety Justin Simmons, the Martin County product, Stone. I did not know at that time that we shouldn't have been discussing the improved play of the Denver Broncos. And we shouldn't have been focusing on the outstanding year again that Justin Simmons is putting together. We should have been asking him, how freaking awkward is that locker room? How toxic is that? The Denver Broncos, could you imagine going to work a day-by-day basis at that facility knowing what we know now? But we did. We asked him what kind of leader Russell Wilson was, and we did ask him a locker room question. Like, those... Things were thrown at him. I, I, I suppose they... You got to think from a different angle. Like, one, Justin Simmons, is he a good enough company man? Because we did ask him about Russ. I, I would suspect he's probably a good enough company man. He's and a great company man. He's, he's great for us, but also he's going to protect the franchise, protect the organization. You notice where the paychecks are coming from doesn't mean that the Denver Broncos aren't doing people dirty. It, it, uh, it that's did, all fair, right? It, absolutely. It, yeah. it just didn't seem at the time... I, they had won four in a row. It didn't seem like what he was saying about Russell Wilson was a lie and that he didn't believe what he was saying. Russell Wilson has shown himself to be not Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson, prime Russell Wilson, but certainly adequate. Is that a, is that a, a proper word to use when describing the season of one Russell Wilson where at one point the Denver Broncos had recovered from a miserable start to win six of seven and put themselves square in the AFC playoff picture? Is that a decent enough word to use? <laughs> Let's go with adequate. Okay, adequate it is. I also want to focus on another word, and that word is toxic. Toxicity, another form of that word, but toxic at its core. This is a time of year, Stone, that people dread. Luckily, you and I have fairly stable family lives. What does fairly mean? Uh, Every family's going to have their disagreements. Every family's going to have their frustrations. Every family's going to have, I think this should happen. No, I think this should happen. They're squabbles, right? Okay. But at the end of the day, you guys hug it out. Uh, You... Part of your holiday tradition is because your family structure is a little bit different than mine is you're stopping four or five different places on Thanksgiving, on Christmas. That's just the way that 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 your family situation is. And you make sure you hit those places. Everybody's there waiting for you. Loving arms. Everybody's uh, treating you with love and respect like that. And for me, uh, I, I pretty much my immediate family and then my Florida in-laws, we spend uh, holidays together. And while there might be disagreements there might be a oh man i'm a little bit annoyed right now like i need a little personal space at the end of the day you love these people right Right on but that's that's something that not everybody can brag about not everybody can claim because especially now in 2023 when it comes to family relationships certainly get togethers can be wrought 
with disagreements, with hard feelings, with political conversations, with fractures and relationship crevasses that have formed because of the social media age, because of cable TV news, because the family structure maybe isn't as dependent upon one another or as strongly bonded as it once was back in the good old days. This is a time of year that presents great anxiety to people because there's toxicity all over the place. Also, in the workplace, think about it. You and I, we have disagreements about things, whether it is just broad societal realm, whether it's sports, whether it's direction of show, but I wouldn't call our relationship toxic at all. I think we're closely bonded. I think we generally are pulling in the same direction. Is that an appropriate description of this? Uh, Yeah, I was going to say hell no when you said I wouldn't consider it toxic. Absolutely not. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. If it was toxic, I I wouldn't be here. If ESPN West Palm was a toxic environment. I I wouldn't be. (laughs) I do have a little pull here. Uh, ESPN West Palm. If it was toxic, I, I wouldn't be here. I'd find... Somewhere else to go, there'd be suitors, I'd figure it out, right? I like it here, because it's not toxic. It's family. We bicker, we fight, we have disagreements, and you know what? Then we go out and have beers, okay? The Denver Broncos organization, that's toxic. The way that's been handled is toxic. Me, personally, I don't love confrontation. Will I do it? Sure. But if, say at a restaurant, I get an order wrong, or they, I'm sorry, the server gets an order wrong, I order something, what I get back is totally different. I very rarely am sending it back. I'll just deal with it. I'll eat it. I don't like that confrontation. I don't like arguments. I largely try to avoid that. So I can't imagine what the Denver Broncos situation is like. Yesterday, if you recall, Stone, during the show, we had breaking news that Jared Stidham was going to take over as the Denver Broncos quarterback for the rest of the year. Two games left. Broncos are down to a 7% chance to make the playoffs. And so, uh, for lack of a better word, this is a Broncos punt on the season. Russell Wilson is sitting down. Now, Sean Payton, first-year head coach, Denver Broncos, he was asked about the decision to sit Russell Wilson for the last two games of the year. The performance of Russell Wilson. Bring in Jared Stidham. And, and this, is, this is what Sean Payton had to say yesterday. Sure, in our, in our game today, there are economics and all those other things, but the number one push behind this, and, and it's a decision I'm making, is to you know, get a spark offensively. Get a spark offensively says Sean Payton. But there was that one key moment at the beginning, Stone. Can we hear that real quick? That one key moment at the beginning where I believe there was a a, a bit of a hat tip to money. Can we hear that real quick with Sean Payton? Sure. In our our game today, there are economics and all those other things. There are economics and all those other things. Economics and all those other things. But then Sean Payton goes on to say, ha, I just... Looking for a spark, right? Looking for a spark with the offense with two games left to go, right? Yeah, Jared Stidham's not where you find it. Uh, Jared Stidham, if we're looking for a spark, uh, he's a soggy piece of twig. If you've ever tried to start a fire, it's not happening when the wood is wet. Okay, I was wondering where you were going. Yeah, I, I was a Boy Scout. I, <laughs> I, I know how to use some flint. I know how to use a fire starter, and I know when the wood is wet, there ain't no spark, and there ain't no fire. 
And Jared Stidham is a soggy piece of wood. He's a twig that's been sitting in the rain out here in West Palm Beach for the last 10 hours, okay? So there's got to be more to it, right? Ah, yes, here we go. Here we go from the Washington Post, from the Washington Post of all entities, they got to the bottom of this. Apparently, the Denver Broncos, this is according to Mark Maskey, by the way, Mark Maskey of the Washington Post, the Denver Broncos are sitting down Russell Wilson for the rest of the season because of a stipulation in his contract where if he gets hurt, over the last two games of the season and can't pass a physical in March, then a $37 million payout to Russell Wilson gets put into effect. But there is more. This according to Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. Mike Florist. What did I say? Mike Florist, yes. Mark Florist. Mark Florist. Mark Florist, according to uh, Lamar, Jackson. Lamar Jackson. So this is Mike Florio on this Mark Maskey story in the Washington Post. The Broncos, quote, previously threatened to bench Russell Wilson for the rest of the season if he did not agree to rework his contract to address the injury guarantee. Maskey adds that one such threat was made after the Broncos upset the Chiefs on October 29th. The NFL and the NFL Players Association became involved, per the report, which suggests that Wilson, not the Broncos, sought intervention. Ultimately, however, there's nothing the league nor the union can do to force a team to play a player. The Broncos have the right to put Wilson in bubble wrap in order to preserve their ability to cut him before a $37 million injury guarantee becomes fully guaranteed. The fact the Broncos didn't make good on the threat until this week is surprising. The team started winning games, and it appears they decided to let it ride with Russell Wilson. Could you imagine... You're Russell Wilson. You struggled through year one with a bonehead head coach in Nathaniel Hackett, right? The same guy who's gone to New York and's torpedoed that offense as well and probably the career of Zach Wilson. So you get traded. You sign this massive five-year deal, right? This five-year contract extension that's paying you out the backside. And so you come in. Broncos country, let's ride. And you have all these expectations, all these exaltations. And then what do you do? You're just stuck in mud all year. You don't play well. Your offense is bad. Your head coach is a dope. And it's just a bad situation overall. Year two starts similarly, but you bring in the big gun head coach, Sean Payton. He knows all. Quarterback whisperer, married to Drew Brees, made a legacy, going to the Hall of Fame, won a Super Bowl. And Sean Payton comes in and really Stone started acting like a bully. Very, very, very early on. Not just to Russell Wilson, but he's taking shots at Nathaniel Hackett. He's going at the Jets. And then as soon as Russell Wilson struggled to begin into the season, it was yelling at him on the sideline. It was publicly scolding him, meeting him at the hash marks to have face-to-face, face-mask-to-face conversations. Very, very out in the daylight. People can see Sean Payton going at Russell Wilson. The body language isn't good, but then... The Broncos start winning games. And maybe the top of the mountain, the apex, the summit of that run, six of seven, getting yourself in the playoff picture, was that victory over the Chiefs. It was the ultimate validation of, you know what? Russell Wilson can still ball. Russell Wilson, by the way, today, as of this moment, more touchdown passes and a significantly better touchdown to interception ratio than the great Patrick Mahomes this season, right? It's not even close. It's not even close. But that October 29th win over the Chiefs, that's where people sat back and said, my God, Russ has really turned it around. Russ 
feeling good about himself. Russ saying, you know what? I still got it. I still got something left in the tank. All right, this is good. And then what happens just a couple of days after? Hey, Russ, can you come into the office? Can you go upstairs? That's never good. Can you, can you, can you, come, up, can you come upstairs? What, what could they possibly be talking about? And no, not a high handshake, not a praise, not a, hey, man, really, really glad that you're at the reins of this thing. You've helped turn this thing around. We appreciate you. What a solid vet, future Hall of Famer. It's if you don't drop the injury clause that we as a front office helped to negotiate with you when you were traded here, when we put together the contract, if you don't drop that, we're benching you the rest of the year. Oh, by the way, thanks for the win over the Chiefs. Think about how toxic that is. And then Russ, what did he do? He kept playing, didn't say a word, went on, kept winning after that. We make fun of Russell Wilson. Can he be corny? Absolutely. Can he be cringy? For sure. Has he lost his fastball? Undoubtedly. But this, this is crap. That is abhorrent behavior from an NFL organization. Hey, thanks for the win over the Chiefs. By the way, drop the $37 million contract kick, and if you get hurt, and if you don't, we're benching you. Hey, good stuff. See you in the film room. And supposedly they're going to make him dress. Sunday as well, which I can't imagine how that would go. It's so toxic. It's so toxic. And imagine being in that locker room. Imagine being in that building and imagine playing under Sean Payton when you know that is the modus operandi of that franchise. That sucks. You got a good analogy for everybody as far as making Russell Wilson dress on the sideline. It's like what? Uh, Okay. Okay. Making Russell Wilson dress on the sideline, it's it's like this, okay? You had bought a European vacation. You're going to take a European vacation with uh, with your boy. It just uh, it was a birthday birthday outing, okay? With your boy and your girlfriend, okay? Uh, it was going to be, a, you can have some romance on the trip, but you're, you're treating your boy, but your girlfriend's never been to Europe, right? And so it's January and you book it for July, right? You're going to Venice, okay? You're going to go to Venice. And then in April, things go south with the relationship with the girlfriend, right? Uh, and it's a bad breakup, but you're like, I didn't buy any insurance on this trip. This is fully paid for. We can't change names. We can't rebook. So you say, hey. You want to see Europe? You want to see Europe? Come along. But just know, me and my boy, we're going out clubbing every single night. But come on, come see Europe, and we'll be civil. It's like that. That's the analogy I have. How do you feel about that? I think it was just, I think it was just too complicated, too many layers for you. You couldn't follow. You just couldn't follow that. Yeah, it was a little complicated. I was going to go more of the, you know, there was a school play. And he was going to be Joseph in the nativity scene. And all of a sudden, he had to be the tree. And they're like, hey, I don't want to be the tree. Uh, and so like, he was no, going to be Joseph. Still- he was going to be Joseph, but but little Christian yeah. uh, who who's in choir and then takes lessons on the side. Exactly. All of a sudden, the director who, who doesn't work in the school, they brought someone from the outside. They're like, ooh, who's that little spunky Christian kid? He's got a better voice. Uh, sorry, I know we cast you as Joseph, but uh, you know what? Why don't you go be the tree? You'll be in the front row. It's fine. Little Christian, come here. Sing, sing, sing a cappella, sing a cappella. And then he steals the show. Yeah, but you, you can't. While you sit as a tree. That's not terrible. But you can't tap out like you have to be the tree. Yeah, you have like to be there because it's for school dress. credit. It's school credit. <laughs> All right. All right. Yours is better than yeah. mine. Yeah. I can acknowledge that. I can acknowledge that. 
I was thinking about this. Are, are the Denver Broncos the most toxic situation in sports right now? Because it sure as hell feels like it. That is garbage. No matter how you feel about Russ, they're doing him dirty. Oh, but Russ makes all that money. Russ makes all that. No, it's on principle. You're treating Russell Wilson like an object. Russell Wilson, who worked his ass off to bring you with that boorish head coach back in a contention, a head coach who was trying to humiliate him in front of TV cameras on a regular basis, disagreements with him on the sideline, arguments with him on the sideline, and after the biggest win of the year, they went to him and started making threats to him. Not veiled threats, but actual threats. Hey, we're going to bench you if you don't knock this out of your contract, this injury settlement. That sucks. And now it's resulted in him being benched for the final two games of the year. And you know what this is going to result in? There are multiple reports. Russell Wilson is now expecting he's going to be caught in March anyways. He's going he's to be caught in March. None of that contract extension he signed with the Broncos will ever, ever go into effect because he won't make it in the next year. That sucks. That's toxic. Denver Broncos organization, that to me right now is the apex of sports toxicity. Which person, place, or thing in sports is most toxic to you? Think about what you find to be toxic, whether it's people who are always negative, people who are cynical, your in-laws, maybe it's someone you watch on television on a regular basis, maybe it's somebody you work with who when they get close, boy, that breath is horrific. It is halitosis through and through. Could be a wide variety of things. Everybody has their own embodiment of what is toxic. Which person, place, or thing to you in sports is most toxic? Because I think the Broncos are right up there. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. 888-760-3776. And listen. I am not one to ever sympathize with Russell Wilson. We make fun of his code switching all the time. Sometimes it's, oh, gee willikers, let's ride, Broncos country. And then other times it's, what's up, baby? I'm here to put a baby in you, Sierra. Like, he's, he's, he's very, very, very bizarre and very sketchy from that standpoint. Has he played the best quarterback play? No. Has he been good with the Broncos? Probably not, except for a few spells. Has he been adequate? Sure. Does he deserve better, though, as a future Hall of Famer and as a guy who came to Denver with the best intentions? They're the ones who dealt for him, not the other way around. They dealt for him, not the other way around. That injury settlement was in the deal already. They, the Broncos, agreed to it. Russell Wilson doesn't have to agree to it. Oh, but he makes so much money. He makes so much money. Just wave it. No, it doesn't work like that. It's on principle, man. I'm a big believer in principle. Stop moving the goalposts. You know what you had. And then, after the biggest game of the year to make that threat, the biggest win of the year to make that threat, where everybody's feeling good, that not only is garbage to Russ, that's garbage to the rest of the organization. Because don't think that didn't permeate through. That is toxic stuff right there. Want to know why the Broncos aren't succeeding? It's not because of Russ and his diminished skills. Does it contribute to it? Sure. But it seems like that building from top to bottom, there's a stench on it. It's gross. It's toxic. And that's why the Broncos are struggling to be a contender. Not a Super Bowl contender, but simply 
a playoff contender. You know what was toxic? Josh McDaniels, Las Vegas Raiders. That locker room despised him. It's pretty clear, right, Stone? They did not like Josh McDaniels at all. Yeah, it's a great example. And all of a sudden, Antonio Pierce comes in. What's happened? It's almost like in Ghostbusters 2 when the museum in New York City where the 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 painting is um, that has opened a realm of evil into the Big Apple. It's covered with a casing of of slime, so much so that they need to fill the Statue of Liberty with slime and play music to activate it, to have it walk into downtown Manhattan and try and bust through. It's the Ghostbusters' secret weapon in Ghostbusters Two. And and what happens? What happens? They end up finding a way to defeat the painting. The Statue of Liberty comes through. That slime, the toxicity, it, it, it dissipates away. And once again, the Ghostbusters for a second straight movie save the world from Hades and all of the evil spirits pouring out of it. That is like the Las Vegas Raiders this year when they got rid of Josh McDaniels. Thank you. I knew you'd get that. Yeah. But again, like that stuff matters. Sometimes it's little tweaks. But if you're the Broncos, you fire Nathaniel Hackett. Same front office. So this year, Russ, new head coach, a guy a little bit more competent. They start winning. It took them a little bit to get their footing under them. But then, once again, they're back in the same situation. They're, they're going to miss the playoffs again. Wonder what the common denominator is. Oh, front office. Like, when the front office is toxic, just look at the Dolphins. When the front office is toxic, then the rest of the organization goes to crap. And that's what the Broncos are going through. That's toxic stuff. Which person, place, or thing in sports is most toxic? Which person, place, or thing in sports is most uh, toxic? And how would you grade out my Ghostbusters 2 analogy? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776. Social media is open at KLV1063. You always look on the bright side of things. You like to be optimistic. But you can tell toxic when there's toxicity. I know you can. Your toxic dollar is up a consistent amount of the time. And I know you. You try to avoid it. Always. You try to just turn the other way and, you know what, go be toxic to other people. I don't want to get sucked into your, your toxic pool. But what do you see in sports that, that, that has you saying, boy, how does anybody survive in that right now? Well, let's take a trip to D-Town, Detroit. Oh, man. Uh, are we talking ba- pro basketball? Yeah, let's go to the association while we're here. Oh, boy. <clears throat> Pistons tonight taking on the Boston Celtics. Oh, well, they seek to avoid the longest losing streak in NBA history. They've lost 27 straight games. Jesus, man. One shy of matching the NBA record. You go ahead and look on the side of the Boston Celtics. They're minus 2,000 on the money line tonight. So you got to lay 2,000 bucks to get a bean back. Not fun. Not fun. I'd imagine there's zero human beings out there. Maybe some people from Detroit who will play that. I feel like there's a higher percentage of me walking out of our, the Square Studios in downtown West Palm Beach and getting hit with a plane engine that had fallen off of a jet from 35,000 feet. There's a better chance of me being hit by that right outside Rosemary. Rosemary, right here in downtown West Palm Beach, there's a better chance of me being hit by a dislodged jet engine that has fallen from 35,000 feet than there is the Pistons beating the Celtics tonight. I just did the math. Same exact odds <laughs> for that to happen. Man, you did that quickly. Um, the Pistons, they're 114 on the road. Boy. One 
and 14 on the road. That's 13 straight games that they've taken an L on the road. Um, there are so many stats that you can go through for this. But me personally, I just wonder. And we haven't seen any stories. We haven't seen any quarrels as far as the locker room goes. This team's led by Mr. Monty Williams. This roster's not constructed. There are no leaders. There are no veterans. You look, Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham's about it. And he knows how to fill up the bucket. But he's, the only, he's, the only, he's the only one who can. But that's about it. Jay Nivey is just about as old as I am. Guys like Joe Harris are on this roster. Bogey. Um, Marcus Sasser. Like, I don't want to go down the roster for the Detroit Pistons here. Yeah, uh, please uh, don't. On ESPN Radio. I've but had enough. I, I don't know what the vibes are after you lose a game. I don't know what the conversations are. I have tapped into some of Monty Williams pressers. Of course, it's just, hey, fight. Fight. Yeah, what can you say? This. What can you say? We've lost 27 in a row. So I don't know if I can dub this as a toxic situation because I don't think we've been given the proof. I think that everything around it is just toxic because it's so bad. I would argue, though, that the more toxic NBA situation is in Phoenix. So Monty I, Williams' former team, they all they do is yell at each other. Devin, They're a 500 team, which is inconceivable with Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Bradley Beal. And I know Beal's been hurt, but that's ridiculous. They, I, Devin Booker's being caught during games on microphones yelling at teammates for not getting back in transition. Reports that Kevin Durant is whining and complaining about the roster. Uh, that whole thing is an absolute abject mess. I was going to go the Phoenix Suns, but what I'm not going to do is overreact about a team who's 15 and 15 in December with guys like that. Kevin Durant, if he did anything last night, he was shut everybody the hell up. Triple-double, big win on it the road. It doesn't mean he shouldn't stop whining and complaining all the time as soon as one little thing goes wrong in his life. But when you watch him go for a triple-double, I know it was against the Rockets. That line was pretty low, though. They weren't favored by much. It, it then makes you take a step back and realize, oh, yeah, these guys know how to score, and they can pretty much beat anybody when they're playing good basketball. And you realize that we're in December trying to talk about the Phoenix Suns. It's not like they're on a losing... Like, the Los Angeles Lakers are NBA champions this year, and they're only 16 and 15. Like, I just don't think who's, it's time to over... Who's NBA champions? <laughs> they're in-season tournament champions, sure. Not NBA champions. The Los Angeles Lakers are NBA champions already this year. Okay, they've won an a NBA championship. sanctioned championship, not the Larry O'Brien trophy. They hung a banner Okay, this year. Okay. And but don't do that because I'm supportive <laughs> of them hanging banners. I'm supportive of them celebrating the in-season tournament. I'm with you on that. But as soon as you start throwing out NBA champions, a uh, little bit different. A little bit different, friend. Uh, <laughs> which person, place, or thing in sports is most toxic right now? And I think we can all speak to it down here. If you're a Dolphins fan, Brian Flores, that guy is pure toxicity, was pure toxicity. He was holding this organization down like a lead weight. As soon as he left, Chris Greer goes to get Tyreek Hill. Mike McDaniel comes in. What a breath of fresh air. That toxicity lifted. Brian Flores needed to go. He was a dirty bomb of toxicity that had had permeated the entire organization top to bottom. People didn't want to play for him. Yeah, he was a jerk. It smelled like farts. It, was a, it smelled like farts. That bomb of toxicity. Was a, a dirty fart bomb of toxicity. <laughs> Which person, place, or thing in sports is most toxic right now? The Denver Broncos, to me, are right up there. For Stone, it's the 27 straight losses. The Detroit Pistons. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Let me tell you about Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. 
If you're experiencing foot and ankle pain, need to see an expert in the field. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care is a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic, foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. Which person, place, or thing? Well, nouns. Which person, place, or thing in sports is most toxic right now? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Socials open at KLV 106.3. Again, 888-760-3776. It's our last show of the year. We have our annual ball drop from the balcony in the square in downtown West Palm Beach. Coming up in the second hour, Evan Cohen joins us as well later in this hour. We have a ton to do on the final show of the year. Join us, won't you? That's Stone Lebanowitz. I'm Ken Levicka, Levicka, Theo, and Stone, ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Levicka, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. Toxicity in sports. It exists a lot of places, right, Stone? Like, sometimes you got to... Kind of pull up a couple of rocks, look underneath them, but toxicity is there. Sometimes it's more open, like in the Denver Broncos case, where Sean Payton is openly confronting Russell Wilson. That's toxic, but there's more toxicity under that Broncos rock. Hey, thanks for the win, Russ. Appreciate you for the win over the Chiefs. By the way, get rid of that injury settlement in your contract or benching you the rest of the year. But hey, dap up. Let's ride. Like that's that's really, really two-faced toxic right there, but Toxicity in sports. We've all experienced it. Oh, my Even God. if we haven't played. You've seen it in locker rooms, I'm sure. You've seen it outside of locker rooms. You live in it every single day in this profession that we've chosen. It exists all over the place. Yeah, I've been a part of it personally. So what I'm going to do now is go ahead and name drop and talk about it. I'm kidding. I won't. That'd be great. But I've been a part of it. You know what it feels like. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, they're not really... In my case, trying to avoid $37 million. Yeah, right, right, right. $37, but same thing. Here's the thing with the toxicity, though, in this situation. Like, sometimes people, uh, I think a lot of people face toxicity in the workplace, and a lot of times it's, it's... it depends. It's coworkers, and you know, like, oh well, I'm gonna have to avoid Susie. She's in a mood today, or Susie thinks she's the boss, and now she's gonna try and throw weight around all over the place, and that's toxic stuff. Or if Billy's walking through, he's like, hey, Jenny, you've been working out. My backside's looking good. Nice pants. Yeah, right. That's that's sexual harassment, and that's <laughs> toxic. Um, but when it comes from the bosses. That's where it becomes untenable for some people. And I, I know a lot of people listening right now, they're probably like, boy, can I relate with that? Boy, can I relate with that? And so you know you know what it feels like for the workplace to be toxic or to be around toxic people. And Russell Wilson is in a toxic organization. That front office is toxic. The Denver Broncos are toxic. Chris messages in, uh, Ken, the fact that you've put anything ahead of Aaron Rodgers is a big step for you. You know what? Read that one more time. The fact that you've put anything ahead of Aaron Rodgers is a big step for you. <laughs> you know what? Chris might be right. Maybe I'm evolving. I, Maybe paid, I, I paid you off earlier. Well, I think what it might be, 
what it might be is that he's become so irrelevant at this point. Watch it. That he just doesn't come to mind. What I will say, and this is me putting my toxicity towards the Jets. Admittedly, I have a toxicity towards the Jets. Me putting that aside because for Dolphins world, it would be a lot easier if somehow, some way, Trevor Simeon, right? Yeah. Trevor Simeon and the New York Jets could take down the Browns tonight in Cleveland and knock them out of contention for the one seed. That would make Dolphins' world a little easier to sit back and exhale in going into the Baltimore game on Sunday. Go Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Let me mark that. Yeah, mark that. Go Jets, J-E-T, do not, Jets. Do not use that for nefarious reasons. Too late. But I will say, I don't think you actually think the Jets organization is toxic right now. No, I definitely do. No, think you that don't. It does. I, I think or it is. I, I think the situation is what it is. Joe Douglas, Woody, Robert, Aaron, like they just know. because they're all going to keep their job doesn't mean it's not toxic. Yeah, I, but it does though because they understand why they stink. You don't think that the relationship, the dynamic between Robert Saul and Zach Wilson, or uh, Joe Douglas and Zach Wilson, is toxic? You think that those guys? believe in Zach Wilson. You think the behavior, the things that Zach Wilson has said, the report that he wasn't real sure about coming back and starting for the Jets at the quarterback position, you think that that's a normal, healthy relationship? It's not any more toxic than Ron Rivera and Sam Howell's relationship. It's well, not no, any more toxic than not, Matt Eberflus no, and Justin Fields' relationship. Not, the, the, the Ron Rivera-Sam Howell thing is not toxicity. That's incompetence. There's a difference. Zach Wilson is incompetence. Like, there's nothing that can be done on their end if he's not performing and producing. But bringing in Nathaniel Hackett, thinking that he was going to be the secret weapon. What if he is? If Aaron Rodgers went down and then uh, Zach Wilson's going to be able to learn under him, that's toxicity. Zach Wilson feeling like he's been abandoned. He uh, Zach Wilson feeling like he didn't get the best treatment. And Robert Sala being basically dismissive of Zach Wilson for a good portion of the year, uh, deferring questions. Oh, uh, yeah, I still bought that. Uh, that whole thing is toxic. And they should feel fortunate they're coming back for another year. I'd be willing to bet there are a number of people on that coaching staff that actually are upset that they're coming back next year. Like they'd like out of there. They're going to be looking at other coaching staffs to join. They want to get out of there because it is so uncomfortable and toxic in that building. I hear you. I just think all of them are able to pull the card. Oh, doesn't matter. You know, we didn't have Aaron Rodgers playing this year. Like, doesn't matter. We'll try to get next year. Nothing's wrong. We just didn't have a quarterback. Like, it's so easy to pull that card. And I, I've gone through two situations. Let me up the ante a little bit here. Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick. That's toxic, yes. Whatever the hell they're doing at you're, quarterback. Okay, that's good. That's You're right. You're, you're, I, nobody even wants to play for them. You're right. You're right. Mac Jones, Bill Belichick. Right. Toxic. And we got a hug out of Bill Belichick and Bailey Zappi after the win over the Broncos, and that broke the internet. Oh. A hug between a head coach and a Think quarterback. About Think about it. You know how many hugs I gave my head coach? How many? Like 400. Yeah. Had a loving relationship with him. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, on the same page, no toxicity. <laughs> None whatsoever. Um, think about the division. Like, the Bills have had toxicity. I mean, hell, so much toxicity that former players wanted to sell out Sean McDermott uh, to tell the story about his awful, awful, awful praising of of uh, the terrorists on 9-11. Like, that is an elite level of toxicity. Then you've got the Patriots, where you're right. Belichick, Kraft, Belichick, Mac Jones, that is toxic. 
Then you've got the Jets, where I think that thing's just oozing, dripping with toxicity, and everybody's just sort of going through the motions. And then you've got the Kumbaya team down in Miami Gardens. Uh, it, it, the, the, the Dolphins, from a vibes standpoint, from a toxicity standpoint, boy, they are in clear mountain air compared to the rest of the pollution in the AFC East. It is striking. It is striking. I'm glad you brought up the Patriots because you're right. You're 100% right. Uh, when I think toxic person, place, or thing in sports, I think of what? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Jake says Twitter. Fair enough. God, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Brad, Skip Bayless. It's just sort of his brand. Sure. It's, I mean, you could say that about Stephen A. probably, Yeah, we too. can pawn that one off. Let's definitely say that about Colin Cowherd. More from him later. Uh, Travis, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is unhinged. I was looking at some of his social media posts over the weekend. I don't even know why I waste my time. There's homophobic slurs. There's a whole bunch of nonsense. I don't even know what he's doing. I don't even know what he's doing. Uh, he falls into the Twitter category. I feel like he's a psychopath. He is. He's got problems. The bellows that are Twitter. Yeah. He just matches that. Yeah. Uh, Roundhead says Barstool is toxic. I think when Portnoy gets involved, sometimes it's toxic. I, think I don't it, know about the entire roster. In, in regards to Barstool, I think it's how you receive that content. Like what lens you're looking at it through. Well, I think Portnoy is objectively brash and confrontational. And I think that's where that feeling would come from. And he has a little bit of a checkered history. Yeah, right? I mean, sure. But I, I think I would just parlay it with the Skip Bayless. Like, this is an act. This is He's what got they a little, do. Yeah. Uh, is, is it an act with Portnoy, though? Is it an act? I think, I think that's kind of him. I think it's an act. Yeah, I think it's more like, naturally Whereas him. I think Skip is more of a caricature of the debate culture. I think Dave Portnoy is, is that. Now, that's a tough... Tough. It's a really good topic. Not, not that we're going to spend any time on it. I don't know but Skip Bayless. Who's more of a caricature? Skip. Skip. Skip's become a caricature of himself of when he was on first take with Stephen A. Like I, that's his whole brand now. But I, I do think what Skip's talking about and the things that he says, he does believe. Yeah. I think Dave knows when he's triggering people and he tries to just kind of irk you when Skip actually believes what he's saying. I don't know. It's a good debate. I don't know. Sometimes his LeBron hate is a stretch. Huge, huge, huge stretch. And him putting on uh, skits in his kitchen, throwing Cowboys jerseys in the garbage while his wife films him for social media purposes. You don't, I don't know. You, don't, you don't think he's on board with that? No, he is on board with that. So I'm saying he's a character. He's a character. There's nothing authentic about it. <laughs> uh, when we come back, Evan Cohen, you hear him every day, 6 to 10 a.m., part of the Unsportsmanlike Trio with Michelle Smallman and Chris Canty. He jumps on for his normal Thursday hangout sesh. Evan Cohen on the way. That's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Ken Levicka, Levicka, Theo, and Stone, ESPN 106.3. UD, this was awesome. Thank you so much for the time. Best of luck on the podcast, and hopefully we can speak again in the future here. We'd love to do it. Thank you. Um, thank you, Michelle. Thank you, guys. From the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's LaVeca, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 1063. One of the memorable moments from Unsportsmanlike, 6 to 10 a.m. every single weekday here on ESPN 1063. The great Udonis Haslam, uh, not knowing Evan's name. Not knowing Evan's name after about a nine and a half minute interview, but not knowing who he's talking to. But Michelle Smallman, <laughs> he knew. 
He definitely knew. Evan? No lies. Nothing. Had no idea. Evan Cohen with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty. They make up on Sportsman like 6 to 10 a.m. every day here on ESPN 106.3. And Evan hanging out with us in studio. I think we shamed him, Stone, last week uh, when we had Evan on. He was here. And then he left to go to the Breakers and hung out in a, a cabana that he commandeered illegally at the Breakers. That was a week ago already? A week ago. Oh, yeah. I was at the I Breakers know. again yesterday all day. Man, you are living. You are really, <laughs> really living. Oh, this is one thing I, I cannot, I'm not, I, I cannot do this. This just, I just saw this. What happened? Florida State quarterback, this according to ESPN, David Hale. Florida State quarterback Brock Glenn said the Seminoles should, quote, absolutely be considered national champions if they end the season as the only undefeated Power 5 team oh, in yeah. college as every football. player is leaving their their team. Yeah, you should be oh, the national champs. I have been so in the corner of Florida State, fighting battles for them on a daily basis here on ESPN 106.3. Screw job. They got jobbed. It's nonsense. It's a stain on the sport. But if you're going to start going the UCF route, I can't, I can't follow that. Uh, well, they have, obviously. I mean, this is – listen <sighs> – I, I'm I'm more laughing at them with the Tate Rodemaker and everything like that because the reality is if they were in the college football playoff, it's not like he'd be leaving right now. Right? Yeah, right. So we're playing results a little bit, but Florida State, like it happened, it's over with. We're gonna move on. Like you got to deal with it, but claiming you're a national champ is just utterly ridiculous. It's not even what Florida State fans want to hear. No, I was I was gonna say I hope that the majority of them. Well, what do they want to hear, Stone? Something in that category, but not to that extreme. No, I think, well, I think they want they want sympathy still. I I, I get it. Like they got screwed, um, but I don't think that this like they've spent the last however many years making fun of UCF. You can't then go and pull a UCF. You can't do that. Well, see, you're presenting a problem without a solution, right? Because you're saying, hey, you can't act this way. You can't be the the program and the fan base that does this, that, the other thing. So, what would you like them to do? So if Stone is scripting how an FSU fan now weeks later, days before the champ, the semifinals are going to be played, what would you like them to be saying? I don't know. The things that I'm seeing right now are, are them upset that ESPN's not including them That's the in problem. some on-field the, graphics. Give me the solution. There is no solution. Here's, you take this a, one on the chin. Here, okay, then that's the solution. Here's the solution for me. You give away for those that that money is no object. You give away part of your uh, annual salary. Give it to Florida State. Get the hell out of the ACC. There you go. There's your solution. Hands on. Here's another one. Okay, wait, hold on, hold on one second. So, so then Ken is on to something. So basically, if you're a Florida State fan Let's and you're complaining, you owe money to complain. You are paying per complaint. You want to put out there on Twitter <laughs> that this is a problem? It's $100. Towards whatever it is to get you in a better position to succeed long term. Don't complain without putting money behind it. Yeah, that could be a tough philosophy if you had to apply that to yourself. I'm not though, saying everybody, but <laughs> what I'm I, well, I understand that. I'm not saying that I would follow my own. Uh, I'm not exactly flush with cash. What I'm saying though, no, I wasn't talking about the money. I'm talking about the amount of complaining you do in uh, life. Uh, I mean, that's you also go broke. Very you could put a penny upon the complaints. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I I am very sympathetic to Florida State. I understand the fans' anger, but you can't sit here and support that when you've been making fun of UCF. For the last decade, like it just it, it it does not work like that. It shouldn't work like that. Or you could do what I'm doing: boycott the college football playoff. I'm not watching a single second, single solitary second. Florida State's not in it, That's so good I'm not job. watching. That's fine. That's fine. I'll read the box score. 
You're not going to watch it all no, on January No, not at all. I'm going to do other things. I already told him, if he doesn't prove that to me, that he didn't watch it. No, it's fine. There will be video. Okay. There will be video on social media, Instagram, at Ken Levick. It'll be right there. Instagram But how stories. are we going to actually know that you didn't watch it? You're going to be up to speed on what happens the mm-hmm. next day. Mm-hmm. Okay, well then, what's the difference? So, but, like, you're going to be prepped, ready to go at noon on January 2nd yeah, for your show. I'll be ready to go. Right, but that actually defeats the purpose. The real lean-in is to ignore it altogether fine. and not talk about it. I'm fine with it. I, I mean, am... I can't be good for your show, though. Well, I mean, we're about to... But it's on gonna, brand. We're doing a ball drop with with tinsel on a football in the the, the square. I know. Uh, at 155. You think that's good for the show? Yes. Probably not. No, I think that actually is good for the show. I think it would be very interesting for you to make sure on January 2nd you did the anti-college football playoff, but you have to then come up with a further bit as a result. It can't just be you not watching. You need to do like your MLB spring training preview show <laughs> and only have double A uh, middle relievers on to do a spring training preview show. I mean, something. It's a right? great idea. I'm just saying, if you're going to lean in, you got to lean in, Ken. All right, fine. Fine. You I'll can't lean- even pay attention. When everybody's blow. Ken loves to get into the Twitter debates. So when it's all going down on Twitter, you have to stay out of it oh, and yeah. then be tweeting all I'm not random getting involved. things. I'm not getting involved in that. I'm not watching. I'm now, playing Mario Kart. Now that I will hold you to. Well, I don't want to no, see a see. single tweet no. come game day. I really National don't. Championship too? You're out on? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. There, was, there was a pause on yeah, that one. There was a pause. We'll see who's in it. We'll see who's in it. Okay, if it's, who, it, who yeah. needs yeah. to be in it for you to be back in? Uh, it's got to be, let's see, what are the semifinals? He doesn't want to see Bama. It has to be Michigan. It has to be, yeah, Michigan, because yeah. Michigan because Michigan has no bearing right, right, on right. FSU. Uh, Texas can't be in. So it's got to be and Michigan. And Alabama can't be in. So Michigan, Washington. Michigan, Washington is where I'm back in. So they earn your fandom back. Yeah. If it's Michigan and Washington. Yeah, not, but is if it's any of the the <laughs> the two undeserveds, as I've been calling them in the playoff, then no. Can we poll the audience at some point as to if Ken is really boycotting this stone? I'm pretending Ken's not here because now I'm leaning towards <laughs> stone and not looking at Ken. Uh, Can we poll the audience and find out what that January 2nd show needs to be from noon until 2? Are you off that day? No, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. I, place at home I, didn't know, I didn't know if that was like a bit because he was off. He's going to miss it anyway. No, I think smart. we have a show January 2nd. We definitely do. Yeah. And he's definitely been saying that he's boycotting the playoffs for weeks now. Yeah. Right. But is it like a battle rap where like Stone and Theo are talking about the playoff and you're doing like an, a, you know, a, a yeah. G League breakdown? Yeah, 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 yeah. There needs to be something. I don't care. I'll I want to see something. I'll I want to see heat. a real boycott. You know what? I'll you talk Yamamoto. Do? No, here's what you should do. You're standing with FSU, correct? Yeah. Then Mike Norvell needs to be on that day. Get, get, get every FSU-related person and just book it up for FSU. We couldn't get Mike Norvell to join the show on early national signing day. Well, uh, whose fault is that? You're the one who's in charge of booking the guests. Aha! <laughs> Dumb move by you. You yeah. just turn just it right back right into it. So then don't get him. Get all FSU complainers. Yeah. Get Canal. I'll help you get Canal. Oh, right. right. You have a beef with him anyway. I definitely have a beef with but him. He, but you we know have what? a common bond here. Danny Canal, Palm Beach County resident, FSU quarterback. Who, he lives down here. Who Boca. literally, yeah. I did not know that. He, no, he lives in Delray. Oh, who Delray. literally called me and said, boy, Ken did an unbelievable job with that FAU thing. I, I told Ken that immediately. Which that, one? Oh, that. Oh, oh yeah, which yeah. one? Oh, God. <laughs> when he re-plugged uh, in the uh, Comrex at the Garden, oh, right? Man, oh, man, so oh, Canel appreciates Ken. I okay. want to put He did call me on that. That is true. Or maybe texted me, one or the other. But why not go all in okay. an FSU tribute show? Stephanie Prince, the market manager. Oh, that's a great nice. call. Dave Druda, Dave Druda is uh, a psychopath Dave on, on, the, on the FSU yeah. bandwagon. Yeah. Get Canal. 
I'm if sure you, you know how to get a hold of Anquan Bolden. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Willie Taggart? Willie Taggart. <laughs> he would love to chat. He loves you. <laughs> Taggart talking FSU yeah. here on ESPN 106.3 would be no, something. Get all FSU-related people, build it up, and let's get an F. And that's the ultimate protest, that you didn't watch and you're just celebrating I FSU. I now, love here's it. the problem with this. What happens if FSU loses to Georgia like 55-7? I, I was just about to say. No, but, but, because none of this is happening if they do lose by 28. But these these bowl games are all so meaningless because the transfer, por- transfer portal has killed bowl games. It all right, so matter. we ignore FSU-Georgia. Yeah, who cares? All right, I'm in on this. This is good for the station. It's good yeah. for your show. Let's do it. You do an FSU tribute show okay. on January 2nd. Uh, do we want to see if Jordan Travis... Can can be a part of this uh, extravaganza? As if it's your choice if he's a part of it? Do we want to see if he's available? Yeah. I want to see if he's available. <laughs> Would he be allowed? Who cares? Let's let's see. Allowed let's go through whom? back channels. What are you talking about? Just from the team. He's not the quarterback anymore. He's, he's technically not on the team anymore. Let's go through. Uh, uh, Tate Rodemaker's available, obviously. Yeah, we probably talk about that. Akeem Dent. He just declared for the draft. Let's get him. Palm Beach Central. Vendravius Jacobs. Sure. Vero Beach. Yeah, who great. we'll actually see in action. Oh, against why don't you got to get the all-timers. Yeah. Peter, Peter Warwick. Oh, that Warwick Dunn. Warwick Dunn. Yeah. These, no, Stone, these are gettable people. Yeah, let's get them. Let's get them. I want the FSU tribute show January 2nd here on ESPN West Palm. Deion Sanders. Deion? Yeah, he's easy Even to though get. he doesn't claim Florida State anymore, uh, let's go ahead and uh, see what we can do with him. All right. That's good. January 2nd. Florida State tribute show right here on Levicka Theo and Stone. Uh, can you stick around? Yeah. Do some more stuff I with us? I to my wife and kids, though. <laughs> They're in the hall. <laughs> let me, real quick, uh, let me tell you about Dr. Neil Goldhaber, goldhabersinus.com. I'll always give a tribute to this man because he is so good at what he does. Ear issues, nose problems, throat concerns. You snore, chronic snorer, and my family, boy, do I come from a long line of snores. Dr. Neil Goldhaber, boy, do I wish he was uh, part of my, uh, my, my geographic area growing up because, man, Greg... He saw some logs. Dr. Neil Goldhaber, goldhabersinus.com. He's been doing it for decades, based out of Boynton Beach, ENT extraordinaire. Dr. Neil Goldhaber, goldhabersinus.com. That's goldhabersinus.com. Dr. Neil Goldhaber. Check him out. Get the consultation and help yourself. Ear ringing, congestion, throat issues, snoring. He's got you. Dr. Neil Goldhaber, goldhabersinus.com. Goldhabersinus.com. It's Dr. Neil Goldhaber. More with Evan when we come back. We'll continue talking about the most toxic thing in sports. And I'm going through a moral conundrum. I'll explain when we come back. That's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Ken Levicka. Levicka, Theo, and Stone, ESPN 1063.